Hey guys, so before we get into the show, I need to tell you about a mental health and self-improvement tool I have been using, and this is also today's sponsor, Shape and Foster. So real talk, I want to be vulnerable for a minute and just have a girl talk, real talk, talk to you guys. I know I can't be the only one who has had a tough time in 2020. It has been one of my best years in a weird way. I fell in love, I started my own business, and I have so many exciting things on the horizon that I'm so grateful and happy about. At the same time, it's just, it's been a whirlwind and it's been a tough time. I became unemployed at the start of the pandemic and I had to leave my job because of COVID. I ended up totaling my car. I suffered a concussion that affected my thinking and I have been struggling with a lot of things and I want to be very open about them. I've been struggling with anxiety and a newly diagnosed condition called OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And it was something that was always sort of slightly in my life. But when the pandemic happened, it just escalated to a new level. And it really stemmed from a fear of living in a virus related pandemic. I just had this overwhelming development of anxiety around germs, dirt, getting sick, possibly getting somebody else sick, having this sickness for the rest of my life, not knowing how it was going to affect me. So all of these emotions, all of these feelings like I was out of control manifested in a very real way of just constantly trying to keep my environment clean and perfect and and keep myself clean and perfect. And I really noticed my symptoms fluctuate in severity from time to time. And I noticed they really peak when I feel like immersed in stressful times and world events that are outside of my control. So I have found it's so important that I remain really proactive with the activities that keep me grounded. And I need to do them consistently, even when I don't feel like doing them, but I need to do them before I feel too in over my head and start worrying so much about money, my appearance, my future, getting sick, all of these things, it's much easier to actively manage them and do the work than get to a a breaking point with your mental health where you don't have the tools to put yourself back together. So you might have OCD or anxiety like me, and I just wanted to talk about that in case you do. I, I never want anyone to feel alone. And maybe you just want to use this time to better yourself and stay balanced. So Shape and Foster is a lifestyle development app that provides monthly actionable insight from six experts in mental health, financial planning, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and a life coach. How cool is that? Like all of these amazing things in one place. I feel like this is the app that we've all always dreamed about and and wanted to have access to, and now it's actually real. So each industry expert at Shape and Foster has created a unique video program to assist members on their journey. It is a one-stop shop for self-improvement that provides a proactive and informed approach to improving your mental well-being by setting up systems, practices, and habits. My favorite part of the app so far is the videos on mental health and the worksheets that I can do once a month to develop my social and emotional skills. I am learning so much about myself, about the four major emotions, and having these worksheets has been so helpful to actually sit down and understand these things and spend the time on myself. Lifestyle development is all about enhancing your quality of life by improving your awareness, identity, and potential. I am such a firm believer that having a better quality of life is all about how we talk to ourselves and how we show ourselves that we matter. So like even doing these little worksheets sends a message to my brain that I'm worth working on. I'm worth taking the time for. 
I want us all to thrive and step into our power this year and take care of ourselves. You can go to www.shapeandfoster.com. Try the app for free. You get 14 days totally free. You can take a yoga class, try out these mental health worksheets, get some nutrition advice, get some financial advice. I know I need that. Go ahead and try it. Again, you get 14 days for free and then report back. I know you guys are going to be obsessed. So I'll put that information in the show notes and hope you guys are doing well. Love you so much. Let's get into the show. You're listening to The Treatment Room, a safe haven for estheticians and beauty lovers alike to indulge in all things skincare. We've got a lot on the books, from interviews with experts and estheticians to sessions with me, one-on-one, dedicated to helping you find your glow and reach your professional potential in this ever-changing spot industry. I'm Tess, and I'll be your esthetician and host. Feel free to relax, Take a deep breath and grab a comforting cup of tea. Welcome to the treatment room. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the treatment room. My name is Tess Zolly, and I am your host. First off, I wanted to say I hope everyone is doing well and sort of just check in. I know like we've said a million times and like you're probably tired of hearing, these are unprecedented Times And I'm really feeling for those of you who are in esthetician school right now or in your normal job. I feel for you. I'm here for you. I hope you're doing well. If you're not, please check in with me. Send me a little message. I want to be here for you guys. I know myself it's been a very up and down time. So I hope we can all sort of have grace for ourselves and be gentle on ourselves and just know some days are going to be better than others. And we may have anxiety about the future. We may not know what's to come, but try to just show up every day as your best self. You're going to have days where you simply can't, but try and try to find something positive about each day, something you're grateful for. I think that's really helping me. I'm spending this time trying to do a lot of things that ground me, trying trying to not set my expectation for myself too crazy high and put put 10 things on my to-do list when I know really three or four is more realistic. I'm trying to make foods that honestly are comforting and taste good, but feel my body on on some level or give me something in that moment, even if it's just, you know, chocolate and that makes me feel good at that time. It's a time to go easy on yourself. I'm going for some nice walks. I'm trying to stay connected with friends and family. And then I'm also just taking days for myself and, you know, spending them alone. I know not everyone has that luxury, but I'm, I'm giving myself that self-care time too obviously really enjoying my skincare routine, nice long baths, things like that. In today's episode, I want to do something totally different and new. I'm excited. I am starting a new series on the podcast called SD on the Line. Basically, I want to feature those of you listening, especially those of you who are esthetician students Or even if you are a practicing professional and you have a topic you want to talk about or you just want to hear my perspective on, I think the series is going to lead to a lot of education and great conversations. Not that I am the know-it-all or the esthetician that has all of the answers, but I just think this is going to be, like I said, educational and fun and hopefully I can alleviate some concerns that might be on your mind. So there's a a few of you that I talk to pretty regularly or you just engage on my platforms a lot and we, we have a little bit of a rapport going on, but it's gonna be so fun to finally hear your voices. The internet is a cool thing. This is gonna be awesome. So I am going to take my first caller. 
All right, guys, we have our first esthetician student caller calling in. I'm so excited to talk because we talk all the time on Instagram, but it's going to be great to hear their voice. So we have Colin from Memphis, Tennessee, from Gould's Academy, calling in. Hi, Colin. Hi, Tess. Thank you so much for having me on today. Of course. It's my pleasure. Do you have a question you would like to ask about aesthetics or a topic? Okay. So my question today for you is what is like the main difference that you've noticed so far between like esthetician school life and working as a esthetician in the field? I'm so glad you asked this and I'm going to be really real and honest because I wish somebody had relayed this to me and I wish I understood a little bit better about the transition and the difference between esthetician school versus the workplace. Because I think, at least for me, I graduated school and I had a little bit of like rose-colored glasses, if you've heard that expression before, where you are so excited to get into the workforce and you have this whole, you know, sort of dream in your head of how it's going to pan out, the spa you're going to be at, you know, what everything is going to look like. And I think it was a little bit of a shock to the system. So I'll explain. And I took some some notes because I want to make sure I explain this right. But essentially, esthetician school, like everyone says, is kind of where you learn the basics of skincare and sanitation. So it's really where you are for the first time, like dipping your toe into the water, you're getting more comfortable with different services. And, you know, it's this whole new thing you've probably never done before. You've probably, you never wax somebody's eyebrows or given a facial. So it's a whole new process. And by the end, you should have, again, a basic idea of how to complete a facial, how to give a certain service, maybe apply makeup or apply lashes or do a waxing service, whatever you are learning in school and do everything most importantly in a way that is safe and sanitary. That's really what you should be focused on. You don't need to be focused on totally, you know, developing your own style and everything yet. Like your goal is to pass state board and put yourself in a position to get hired. Once you are actually hired by a spa or salon, there is no like gold star for a great service, like no pat on the back. I mean, there's compliments and good reviews and all those things for a great service but it is expected like it's expected and I think for many SD students it's just a little bit of a shock to the system and there's I think you should expect to have a little bit of a learning curve once you graduate it's not like you graduate you are this perfect seasoned esthetician like it can be a little bit again of a learning curve. So I think, and right now is obviously a crazy time. It's challenging in general to get hired as a new esthetician. But remember, every experienced esthetician, like every SD you see on Instagram that has 40,000 followers or whatnot, like they had that same struggle as you. Again, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher in, in the pandemic and with the economic depression and whatnot to get hired. But everyone was new at one point. So, and I'll be honest, I had that <laughs> experience you would like to avoid of having some not so amazing feedback in the very beginning. And I'll give a little background on that story. I had a client who had a a lot of acne and her, what I essentially could have done better is set the expectation. So although we 
probably wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have had time to extract her entire face. What I should have done is set the expectation for what I was going to do in the facial, what we would have time for and tell her, you know, if we can't get everything out, we're going to have some follow-ups and, you know, just make it super clear. So there's no surprise, but I didn't do that. She left unhappy. She kind of made a fuss and, you know, told my boss. And after that happened, Colin, I think we're a little bit similar where like we take things to heart so much. Oh yes, definitely. You know, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a problem or not. I don't want to say problem, but it's definitely like something that I need to work on for sure. (sighs) Well, you know, I think it's also our greatest strength to be empathetic and to, you know, we have high hopes for ourselves and our career. And, you know, we just, I think, have to take sort of take the ego out of it. And gosh, just after that complaint, I told myself, like, that's never going to happen again. It cannot happen again. It completely, you know, shattered my self-confidence. And it it just stung so much that I was like, okay, I'm committed to being perfect. And it's just not possible. Hopefully you have a boss that expects that little learning curve because it's just pretty inevitable with most new estheticians. And hopefully... He or she gives you a bit of time to practice on family and friends and non-paying clients in the very beginning. So you get familiar, you get familiar with the products, with your style, with the service. You're still trying to like remember this new way that they want you to do it. So it could be a little bit different from what you learn in school. But once you get past that initial hump, I think it gets so much easier. The complaints become less and less. And I think the feedback, it really does get better and better. And I think it's also also a great strength of new estheticians because you have so much energy. You are just so excited. And, you know, as you get more experience, like, you know, it's just not as new and it's still exciting. But when you're brand new, it's like, you know, you're just so obsessed. You're so in it. And I think that's contagious. I think people really pick up on that. And that's when, when you get comfortable, when you can be yourself, that's when clients are going to start requesting you, leaving reviews, shouting your name from the rooftop. And it, I promise it's going to get a little bit better if you experience like an initial hump, but just, I would say the main difference between school and and the real world is school clients sort of know they're part of your learning process. And in the real world, these are full paying clients. So they really do expect a certain caliber of service and you will get there. You will be able to provide it. But I think it's just sort of expecting uh expecting a higher level of expectation does that make sense yeah and like definitely I remember you said something about like making like mistakes you know while you're still kind of new just so that way when you get you know more experienced you kind of learn from those and you grow from those so you know Mm -hmm. that kind of applies and I really like that um and I like that you acknowledge that you know all of us new SDs are not going to be you know super knowledgeable and that we are going to have like this kind of learning curve depending on, you know, where we go. Um, So that way we can kind of grow, you know, grow our strengths, but also grow our weaknesses too. So. Exactly. Exactly. So I think as long as you, you understand that, I just don't want anyone to get discouraged or hard on themselves. And that's just looking back on my like beginning experience, I was like, oh, that was a little, that was a little rough. Like, you know, just, it's tough to get that feedback. That's like, you feel like you gave a hundred percent to a facial. You felt like it was amazing. You didn't have any sense that anything went wrong. And then you might have your boss come tell you, you, you know, they didn't love it. It wasn't as, it wasn't, you know, 
the same service they felt like they got from me or this other esthetician who's been here 10 years. And that is okay. So I hope, I know it. it's hard to find your first esthetician job for some because a lot of times people want you to have experience and you're like, how can I get the experience if you don't hire me? Right, right. <laughs> right? But hopefully, and I think you will find that job. Hopefully you have a boss that, again, is understanding. You need that time with a little bit of training wheels on to get you comfortable. And I think you'll just get better. You'll get more experience. You'll get more comfortable from there. Definitely. I'm super excited now. You just made me more excited just to like learn and grow. So yeah, you did. Because I'm just excited to, you know, finish school and get out into the real world and hopefully, you know, hopefully find a job in the pandemic. But um, I'm just more excited to have that kind of experience of learning under, you know, other estheticians potentially as well. So, you know, I'm glad that you brought that to light. Of course. And yeah, okay. I was afraid I was going to discourage somebody. So I'm glad to hear you're not discouraged. (laughs) You're excited. And I know you are going to do incredible things. So I cannot wait to see. Oh, thank you so much. Of course. Colin, where can people find you on your social media if you feel comfortable sharing? Maybe they can follow okay. along in your um, Instagram. Yeah, like the pretty much the only like social media I dedicate my time to right now is uh, my Instagram, which is skin by Colin. Um, that's the only like place that I post things right now. Um, but you know, I may expand that, you know, in the future. But as of right now, it's just Instagram. Perfect. We will keep our eyes peeled and I'll put your handle in the notes below so people can find you. Thank you so much for calling in. Of course. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye, Colin. Bye. All right. That was so much fun talking with Colin. I love this. I cannot wait to do more of these. We are going to gear up to take our next caller, Lauren. Let's see if we can get her on the line. Oh my goodness. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am I am so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited and it's so great to hear your voice. I'm like fangirling a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, do not fangirl, but I think this is really cool and I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, definitely. This is a really cool topic idea. I love it. Oh, good. Okay. I'm so glad. I think we're going to do a little bit of a series called SD on the line. So you are my little guinea pig. You're one of the first people. I love it. I love it. Oh, good. Okay. Well, first of all, we are live. I hope that's okay with you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No problem. (laughs) Good. Would you mind telling us a little bit about where you're from and where you go to school and maybe what you want to do? Um, So I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm currently in school at Atlanta um, Institute of Aesthetics. And um, after school, I would love to work in the med spa industry. So, you know, really the sky's the limit. I, I am also an RN. So I would love to use that and get as many certifications as I can to, to work in a med spa. Oh my goodness. I didn't know you were an RN. That is wonderful. You are going to be set up to do really, like you said, the sky's the limit. You can do a lot with that. Yes. I'm, I'm very excited. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be good to go. <laughs> you will be. I think you're going to be wonderful. And everything I know about you, I know people are going to love being under your care. So I think you have Aww. such a bright future ahead. I'm so excited for you. Oh, thanks, Tess. That means a lot coming from you. Oh my gosh, of course. What is your question or topic? Okay, so I am so nervous about finding the right job and work atmosphere for me once I graduate. So I was Mm. wondering what questions should I be prepared to answer during an interview? And really, even more importantly, what questions should I ask my interviewer to make sure it's a good fit for both of us? Mm, Okay, okay. Love the question. And I think there's sort of a couple parts to it. I know you mentioned you're nervous. And 
I feel like, honestly, I am nervous for most things in life. I'm nervous to podcast. I, I'm easily intimidated and, you know, nervous. I think I take on sort of like an extreme level of energy about things, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it probably means you and I both have a lot of empathy and heightened awareness for what's going on around us. And something a friend told me on the podcast recently was that nerves are just excitement in a different outfit. So I don't know if it helps you to think of it that way as just like, it's a whole new chapter. It's a lot of unknown, but I know you're going to be great. And it's really just exciting. So I hope that maybe eases your mind a little bit. And then when it comes to finding a job post-grad, I think, I think there's, it's more of a transition than a lot of people talk about. Post-grad in general, no matter what industry you're in, I think we're not always prepared and we don't know exactly what to expect. So the piece of wisdom I would pass on is to just understand like when you're new to an industry and I'm I'm sure you sort of expect this already, but oftentimes the first job we get out of school is not like our forever place, but it's, you know, sort of like a bus stop possibly leading to the next thing. So I just sort of like to set the expectation in case that helps at at all. And just so we can be realistic. um, I think, you know, we, we should sort of take into account the fact that many industries require internships and paying your dues a little bit. And I think the same goes for aesthetics. I think a lot of SDs have a really strong idea for exactly what they want to do. Maybe it's just facials or, you know, work in a certain environment. And I would say just like try to be open-minded if you can. There are so many possibilities and like for you within the medical aesthetics realm or even dermatology, so many things that could be a possibility. But I think just like having a little bit of flexibility and especially you guys graduating in a pandemic, I think it's a really unusual situation. Oh my gosh, yes. One of the toughest job markets, right? Oh my gosh, we joke about it all the time. We're like, we're going to put on our resumes, (laughs) went to school during a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, like, and you know what, to be honest, like, it's tough when people say like, what should I ask? What should I expect? I'm like, you guys are honestly going through something I never had to go through. So kudos to you. I think if you guys can tough this out, like you can handle anything because you truly want to be there. You wouldn't be there if you didn't um, really want this and have a lot of passion. So something I just like to mention is you might consider pitching yourself to different spas or a different medical environment, asking if you can take on maybe like if they say, you know, we don't have a ton of availability, it's really tight right now, maybe you offer to take on weekends, maybe you offer to even work at the front desk for a little bit, maybe you can assist a dermatologist or a medical esthetician. I worked a a job that was pretty much like 80% retail when I got out of school and like 20% facial. So it was kind of like a I don't know, definitely not my ideal place, but it was a stepping stone. Um, So that's the first part. I think just sort of setting a realistic expectation and being open-minded. And then as far as your questions, so just questions that somebody could potentially ask in an interview. I remember really thinking on this a lot and I didn't know what to expect because I kind of came from a totally different industry where you're used to a certain style of interview and then going into aesthetics. I would say speaking from my experience and what I gather from more seasoned estheticians, they look for three main things. Not this is not everything, but I think the main things are first 
attitude, your energy, your willingness to learn, just like your bedside manner, because they're they're looking at you and they're trying to get a sense like, how is she going to be with clients? Is she going to be somebody, you know, that is amicable, that people like to be around, that has a good energy that, you know, can't wait, clients can't wait to come back and see you again. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it is personality based, which you're going to knock it out of the park. And then two, I think they do look for like a little bit of outside education. I think that shows a willingness to learn and excitement to learn. You're never going to be in a position when you have more excitement for the industry as you do right now. So I think they like to sort of gauge like, is she, you know, willing to, sort of go outside the basics, what's necessary, what's being asked and like pursue a little bit of a higher level of knowledge. And then I would say the third thing is like your actual technique. So in the interviews I've had in the aesthetics realm, it's been a short little like conversation and like question-based interview. And then actually most of the quote unquote interview was like, giving a facial, like a hands-on service that they might ask you to do. I don't know exactly how it would be in a, a medical realm. I did work in a medical spa setting and it was, um, you know, very much based on the facial. And I will say I was not the most advanced facialist at all. I had a basic level of skill. I was very nervous like you, Lauren. I And I think that really translated, like the eagerness and the passion was all there for me. But when I gave the facial, it's still something not totally familiar, right? So when I was doing the facial, she definitely sensed, this was the feedback, she said, I can tell you're green, (laughs) which is like, (laughs) like a nice way of saying like, you need work. But, you know, even though she knew that about me, she saw a potential to mold me. She saw that I was, you know, eager and that um, I think the nerves and the technique is definitely something you can get over. You can teach. You can allow somebody to develop their own style. Um, So I think she saw potential in me. So I wouldn't be too nervous about how you're going to answer things. But as far as questions, some questions I wrote down, I was trying to think of what people asked me in interviews past. And they were things like, what are the modalities you've used in school? Are you comfortable with extractions? Like, can you actually get some stuff out? Like, can you, are you experienced with that? I really wasn't, but she was able to work with me on that. So I kind of got lucky. Um, I think the first thing people ask out of the gate really is the question, this is in any interview setting, pretty much unavoidable. Somebody will ask you, tell me about yourself and tell me like about your background, your career background, about jobs you've had. Um, and so I, I think people should be prepared to give a couple sentence answer about yourself Um maybe where you went to school, where you've worked in the past and how those skills maybe transfer over to something else, Mm -hmm. why you're passionate about aesthetics. If you've taken outside classes, really talk those up because you don't have a ton of aesthetics experience to speak of, but you can definitely speak on classes and outside education. And then they always do want to know what your availability is like. Are you willing to sort of maybe take take the shifts that more seasoned SDs are kind of ready to um, pass on to somebody newer. Things like that. Does that help at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like the biggest takeaway I've gotten so far is um, that I feel like I've been putting too much pressure on myself to make yeah. this first job absolutely perfect. So uh-huh. hearing you say that you know, typically that first job, you know, that kind of alleviated some pressure off to, you know, because no matter what, it's going to be a learning experience, Um, even if it's not the perfect fit for me, because you said you were at a job for like a year before your current one, correct? Yeah, I was. 
I was. Um, and I learned so much, like, even if it's not the type of setting that you think, you know, is your final dream job, you still learn so much. And I think you learn so much from every job, even, even jobs I had in the past that were (laughs) in fashion or magazines, like way different. There's definitely That is so crazy to me that you, that you worked in that industry. And like, I I don't feel like that her, even though like, I don't, you know, I, I'm no, you do know what you person. I'm like, I'm like, I don't feel like that's test. How did she do that? Uh, it really wasn't. And it took me a while to figure that out. And I feel like I've lived nine lives, but I was honestly way too fragile for fashion, that kind of thing. Like it wasn't meant for me, but you know, I thought this is what I'm supposed to do. This is you know, where my interests lie at the time. So I really like felt this pressure to um, feel like I needed to build my resume in a certain way. And I didn't really take that time to think about like, if I was happy or consider other options, like a trade. I never thought, you know, that was something I should think about because it just, I kind of just thought, you know, you go the traditional college route. I love writing. I love fashion. Like, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. But you, I think when you get older, you realize like your opportunities for trying things. Um, that's something I, I think more people should take advantage of. So yeah, for you, Lauren, like if you can get a job you feel really good about, you think they're, I think one of the most important things too is finding somebody at that job you resonate with, maybe it's your immediate boss, somebody you feel like is going to have some time to take you under their wing and show you a few things. So that's, yeah, that's what I, something when you mentioned what should I look for to make it a fit for me, that's the biggest thing that stands out. I really go off a vibe and an energy because I have, force myself to work in situations where I didn't listen. And I just thought it should feel stuffy. It should feel, you know, very corporate. Like I, I, that's normal. You convince yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So honestly, when I walked in, it was my second job that I think was like the, um, second aesthetics job that I think was like the most eye-opening for me. And that was really because my boss was so invested in my growth. She was so excited to see me grow and evolve as I did. So that made it like a great place to be. I don't think there's anything else that can replace somebody's willingness to really invest in you and um, who wants to see you grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything else on your mind? Anything else I can um, answer? I, I hope you're staying safe over there in California. Oh my gosh, I am. Maybe <laughs> like safer than, uh, I don't want to say safer than I should be, but I also really haven't left my house much. So know. I'm, I'm definitely staying safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you keep doing you because your content is amazing and you can tell that you're really passionate about it. So that inspires me all the time to try to do the same. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And you inspire me as well. I hope you keep sharing in your journey. Keep me posted. Where can everyone listening, where can they connect or find you if it's on Instagram or anything like that? Yes. Yes. So I do have an esthetician Instagram account. It is my SD Lauren. Love it. Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you so, so much, Lauren. It was wonderful to talk. You're even more charming on the phone than I could have imagined. Oh. So I'm so glad we got a thank chance you, to Thank you, Tess. This was so fun doing this. Oh, good. Okay. I will send <laughs> you the link when it's live. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
A huge thank you goes out to Allure Magazine for sponsoring today's podcast. I want to take a quick break and talk about where my relationship with beauty all began, where this whole obsession got its start. So I was a 90s baby, and before Instagram and influencers, before YouTube Get Ready With Me videos and TikTok, we had magazines. And I didn't just like magazines or casually buy them and flip through them. No, no, it was a whole event for me. I was just captivated by them. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for magazines. There was one in particular I waited all month long for, and that was Allure Magazine. It was so special because it was the first dedicated space for beauty that I had ever stumbled upon. That first space where I could just hang out on those pages. I could learn about the products. I would mood board my favorite beauty looks. I would pull out those pages and put them on my bulletin board. And I would just fully and unapologetically immerse myself in that passion. I waited all month long, and when my allure arrived, it was this special day. I would just, I would dart out to our driveway. I remember I would tear off that plastic seal. I would run back to my room and lock the door and just hop on my bed and read the magazine for hours. That was my first experience with what we now call self-care. And you guys know me, I am always going to point you towards the best resources and information on skincare and beauty. That's why I am honestly so excited. This is so full circle for me, but I am so excited to share with you a new podcast from the experts at Allure called Allure, the Science of Beauty. Join Allure as they dive deep on topics like sunscreen and wrinkles, and don't be surprised if you discover your new favorite serum, hair mask, or scalp treatment along the way. Michelle Lee, Editor-in-Chief, and Jenny Bailly, Executive Beauty Director, are asking the tough questions, we love that, and getting the straight answers from dermatologists, cosmetic chemists, and more experts. The best part is you don't have to wait a month for the information to show up on your driveway like I did. A new episode airs every Thursday, so listen to Allure, the science of beauty at listen.allure.com slash tests or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll pop that information in the show notes for you guys. I know I cannot wait to listen to this podcast and I hope it brings you the same joy that the magazine has always brought me. All right, guys, I hope you are enjoying this episode so far. Again, this is something that's totally new for me. So please let me know your thoughts. If you love this series, if you would like me to do more in the future, I think it's going to be hopefully very valuable. So we'll get ready to take our last caller here. And again, she's somebody I've talked to for years, so I cannot wait to hear her voice. Hi Tess, I'm so happy to be on the podcast today. It's such an honor to be on it. Um, I am Leilani. I'm an institution student at JD Spa Academy in Danville, California. So I was wondering, like, do you have any tips on like how how are you gaining? Like, how did you gain your confidence and on your touch, like touching the client, um, making them feel relaxed? You know what? What's your body language that you transfer to the client? You know, like the energy. Yeah. So first off, I'll say I totally hear you and I can relate so much because I am somebody, I would say I have a very heightened sense of anxiety. And I think very much like you, it comes from a place of having such high expectations for ourselves. We really want to give somebody the best experience possible. So I think first acknowledge that it's rooted in a good thing. You really want to succeed as an esthetician and you want to to give people a blissful moment in their day. And that's a beautiful thing. So, um, and the confidence, it will come with time. It will come with experience. I have a few techniques actually that 
I think are so helpful and I use them in like normal life situations and I use them in the treatment room. So these actually came from my therapist. I've been working with a therapist over quarantine, really working on anxiety because I don't want it to be something that holds me back or hinders me in my life. Um, So I have some really helpful techniques I would love to share with you if that's okay. Um, And hopefully they'll be helpful. Yeah, I love to hear them. Perfect. That's um, so, yeah, that's really good that you went to a therapist, especially because you've been in quarantine for so long. You you know you haven't been working, so I can only imagine how that must feel too. But yeah, I would love to. I have my notebook right oh here. I can take notes. <laughs> and if you would like, I can actually. There's a bunch of worksheets I have. I can email you if anyone's listening and they would like the worksheets. Shoot me a DM and I would be happy to email them to you. Um, Okay, I'll start with a little overview of sort of like what we're doing. And the first thing is trying not to judge our thoughts. So we can notice things, but we don't have to evaluate them as good or bad. So you might be feeling nervous. Maybe you notice your hands are shaking a little bit. Your palms are a little bit clammy, which <laughs> definitely happened to me. I think it's it's going to be, you know, a lot of people in your class. So it's very normal. But try not to think of it as my hands are shaking. I'm nervous. I'm not going to do well. You're more just noticing facts about the situation. And this is helping your brain to switch from being emotional to being very logical, if that makes sense. So it's sort of taking some of the negative emotion away. So Mm -hmm. we're just observing things and we're not attaching any judgment into them. Um, So, and when you find yourself sort of drifting into judging yourself a little bit, Try not to even judge the fact that you are judging yourself. Just it's okay. Judging is a part of life, but we don't have to stick on it so much. And then the next thing I think that's really important, which I know you asked, how do you stay in the moment? And that is so important. And I think it's amazing you acknowledge already that you really want to stay focused and in the moment and actually doing that is going to help ease your nerves. So what we're going to try to do is sort of the opposite of, you know, what we're taught in our daily life to do, which is multitask, do as much as we can at once. Really, we want to just focus on one task at a time. Focus your attention on only one thing in this moment and try to really slow down. So maybe you are cleansing somebody's face. You're just focused on the cleansing. You're not thinking about what you're going to do next. You're not judging your technique. You're just focused on your movements. If you're massaging somebody's arm, you're really only massaging their arm. You're you're noticing how your skin feels against theirs. You're really putting all of your energy into that moment and We're just doing one thing at a time and staying focused allows, um, sort of prevents any distractions from getting in our way and um, it prevents ourselves from getting in our own way because it's always when you're, you know, focused on one thing, but then something else tries to to creep into your mind and you start thinking about that, you get distracted um, and then you can get a little bit thrown off. So I think the best thing to do is literally just focus on one thing at a time. And hopefully, you know, if you can't, if you need a little worksheet to remember your steps, you're able to have that next to you. And that way you can really just do your best on that one task um, as you go. And Overall, we're sort of just going to let go of any negative feelings, anything telling yourself, I should be doing something better, I should not be nervous. Those judgments can just make the process a little bit harder and you want to enjoy your work. So we're just, we're going to do our best to let go of any negative feelings. And then how's that so far? (laughs) So I, yeah, that's such a good thing. Like I haven't thought about the way, like focusing on just cleansing, focusing on just movements. Cause now that I'm thinking, 
um, since last week I've been practicing on family and friends in the dream room. I just, I'm just like cleansing. And then I'm like, oh, wait, the massage, the massage. I can't forget that either. Right, right. And I was like, my pressure, my pressure. But I, I was know. just doing my cleansing. Yeah. So, and I was just trying to like give my all in like in every step. And I, that's very necessary. But yeah. I didn't think about it just that way you were saying, like, just focus on the movement, just focus on the cleansing. And I think that is such a great technique that I'm going to remind myself of because as I was cleansing, we start with the cleansing oil. So, you know, I do incorporate a little bit of massage there, but mm-hmm. I forget that there's also more time later yeah. to focus on the massage part. Yes. So I think that's such a good um, it's such a good advice. Also, because, you know, there's a time limit, especially when you have back-to-back clients. Mm-hmm. There's going to be time, you know, you need time to finish up the client and then we have to disinfect everything, get the yes. stuff in the quads, yes. you know, so yeah. all that is really important. Um, and that I'm so glad you told me that and also like not to judge our thoughts yeah. because yeah because then I feel like that would just lower my to give my best potential that I have totally and you're doing something completely new so I know you have a lot of expectations for your career but right now you're still in the learning process and I think what's helpful to know is the clients coming in they they understand you're still learning and you're going to give your best um, facial and luckily usually in a school setting you know the risk of something bad happening is usually relatively low because you're working with Mm -hmm. products that are you know a little bit more basic and stabilized Mm -hmm. and um, your clients also they they're rooting for you so try to remember that like everyone's on your team they're there to support you so um yeah, it's it's okay for it to be an educational process and you don't have to hold yourself to a level of perfection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have to remind myself I'm just a student right now. So yeah. I was mentioning how in your story recently this weekend, I saw how you were doing a poll um, about how people felt in the in the treatment room with, you know, some clients that can be disrespectful and it's controversial. Some people still believe that they should still keep that client or not. And I thought that was such an interesting conversation because my teachers have touched on that. Yeah. And I, and I, I clicked on the part where, and I think a lot of people voted that it definitely comes to your comfort first. Like, um, it's your treatment room and, um, and that you should make sure that you are being respected. So that was one of the other questions I like had about being comfortable, you know, but still having the client be comfortable. And I think um, it is very important for it to be mutual because, you know, it is the treatment room. The the student or the statistician is there like the whole day. That's their environment. But um, so, yeah, I definitely think my comfort or, you know, my level of respect should come first as the as a worker but still I still want to make sure that my client is comfortable you know that they feel in a safe environment so what I wanted to ask you is um have how kind of like do you start when you you know because you're going to have to greet them first and I'm a very shy person (laughs) like when I meet with someone at the first time in person I could be shy so how like what did you do to um when you first greeted the customer uh how did you come off? Like, what would be some tips to, you know, come off as a affable person, as someone who is welcoming, especially because some clients come in with insecurities about their skin. So you definitely want to make them feel not worried about that. But you've, you've seen everything, you know, you don't want them to feel intimidated at all. So what would some tips be? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I, I, I think we're very similar. I think people might assume I'm more extroverted than than I am, but um, just because of YouTube and whatnot. But really, when I'm doing those videos, I'm alone in my room, and I'm also a very shy, shy person. But I think a great thing you mentioned was, you know, that person is coming to you for a reason, and likely they have some um, concern or insecurity in their skin. And I think one of the first things I try to do is take myself out of the equation. So it's sort of another way of being logical, like we were talking about, but I'm when I'm thinking about my nerves, I'm not able to give them the best service possible. And you have to remember, 
you have so, I mean, when you're in school, you're still learning, but you still have so much education, you have so much passion, and you have so much to give this person. So I try to get a little bit outside of myself and focus on what does this person truly want? What is going to help them um, and make them feel the best in their skin? So first, I try to take myself out of the equation. And that's sort of like the overall philosophy, I would say I remind myself of um, on a daily basis, because my nerves and my anxiety, even though I have two years of experience now, they'll still creep in. And when it's a new client, you might have a little bit of new client nerve. So it's it's very normal, but we're trying to remember that we are there to um, help somebody and they want that help. So try not to stand in your own way. And then the, the last thing, Leilani, I wanted to talk about because I think it's so helpful for life and helpful for the treatment room are some things called grounding methods. And I can also email this to you um, or anyone listening, I can email this to you. This also came from my therapist. These are ways to, um, again, sort of work on retraining your brain and the thoughts going through your mind. So you mentioned, you know, I'm meeting somebody for the first time. I might be nervous. I'm going to shake their hand and I'm a little, little nervous. So the one technique you can try is describing your environment in detail using all of your senses. So maybe you are going to pick them up from the lobby. You can tell yourself the walls are white. There are five pink chairs in the lobby. There is a wooden bookshelf against the wall. I know it sounds kind of silly, but you're describing these objects and um, things that you see, smell, maybe you smell some aromatherapy in the air. But again, this is sort of just like triggering to your brain to get back to the logical, which is we want to be logical and we don't want to let our emotions get in the way. Um, And you can really do this anywhere. You can do this on a subway or a bus or when you're walking, um, when you are at work, when you are on a phone call, you can do this anytime. If I'm nervous, I'll sort of just start describing things to myself. Um, Yeah. Any questions? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's actually good. So that kind of gets you like, like once again, this is nothing new. Like you are in your environment. Like it just reminds you that, um, that you know the environment well. So I think that that could also help to kind of push yourself to know that this is familiar to you. And if anything, it's new to the mm-hmm. client. Um, I think that I can help. That. And in that way, it also makes you, you know, feel more as it, as it's come more grounded into the atmosphere, into the circumstance that is happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's just one way. Um, I'll give you a few more that are sort of my favorites. Um, Another thing you can do is just say really kind statements to yourself. You can imagine yourself as a little girl. I will do this all the time. I'll imagine myself talking to like seven-year-old Tess. And obviously when you're talking to a child, like you're going to talk to them very kindly. You have empathy. So um, you could tell yourself, I am a good person who wants to do, you know, my best job and um, I will get through this. That's one thing you can also, I like to imagine a safe place. I'll imagine myself on my favorite beach I go with, go to with my mom. I'll just imagine myself in the sand, looking at the waves crashing, just describing a place you find very soothing or whatever your favorite place is. Maybe it's in your bed. You can imagine yourself sort of like wrapped in a blanket, nice and safe. Um, tell yourself a coping statement is another thing I will do all the time. I'll say, you know, I'm experiencing some nerves, but this feeling will pass. I can definitely handle this. And then the last thing, this is one of my favorites because it's so easy, is just counting. If you've heard of counting sheep, you can just count Mm -hmm. to maybe 50 and count backwards. This really helps me fall asleep a lot of nights. I have anxiety. (laughs) So, or you can even say the alphabet, Um, just counting numbers 
sort of helps your brain, again, to focus on a more logical task. You could focus on a sign in the treatment room and sort of just read the letters back. Um, little things like that. Um, those are called grounding techniques. And yeah, they're a great way to manage stress and anxiety. So I hope that helps. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'd definitely be trying it. So that way also, you know, as I calm down, I transmit that to my yeah. client. And also, I feel like that way I'll definitely, you know, if, for example, you see like talking to yourself as a little girl, I love that because it does that all that back will transmit to me to the atmosphere I, I give to the client. Yes. And that way I also know if I'm at my best potential, I'll be giving my best potential. So I love that. I definitely will be will be trying yeah. that. And that makes me feel a lot okay, more better. <laughs> yeah, the last thing I'll say, um, I know I mentioned trying to just focus on the other person. Like, if all else fails, if you can't remember all of this that I've talked about, try <laughs> to just focus on literally what this person is saying. Um, focus on their questions. Focus on their body language. Um, just focusing on them. I think that's something that has helped take the nervous energy away from me. And again, just focusing on one task at a time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think also I have, I like the wellness aspect of being an esthetician. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like if I haven't seen you, you know, promote the scientific wellness aspect of it, I don't think I would have actually gotten the courage to enter this passion that I have for skincare. Um, just because I come from a medical background high school, so I want I thought I wanted to be mm. a nurse. Yeah, I always knew I had a passion for skincare, but I was just afraid of what others would say uh -huh. of me, you know, thinking that, yeah. you know, the downgrade, you know, the typical stereotypes, right. but I am so happy I, I got into this because seeing that you shared the more health aspect of it just made me push me more to go towards this and knowing that there's so much more because it is the skin it's the most important organ we have the largest organ yes. we have and um so knowing that I always had empathy for people I had volunteering at hospitals and I feel like also remembering that that mm. person might have you know a more stressing background mm -hmm. something personal going on in their life remembering that makes me also want to just give them the, all the kindness I can offer just because we never know someone's background that story so true we never know so, what's yeah, going like on in somebody's yeah. head or what kind of life or what kind of day they've had so I think your background is really going to be an asset and I know you're going to be an absolutely amazing esthetician you have so much to offer and I know the nerves are going to subside when you get more comfortable and you're really in a great phase where you are about to have the experience with clients. I think after this semester, you are going to feel a lot more comfortable and just keep practicing, practice on your friends and family when you can safely and just keep getting more experience because I, even after I graduated, when I had my first couple interviews as a new esthetician, um, you know, the feedback I got was, you seem nervous, you seem very new to this. And I got past <laughs> it, I had to realize like my timidness, like me feeling shaky and nervous to touch somebody's skin was actually making the experience not enjoyable for them. Because nobody wants to feel, you know, somebody who's like scared to touch your face. That's the worst, the worst thing. So um, I think once I realized I was really holding myself back. I started, you know, really applying more pressure in a way that wasn't, um, you know, harmful or anything, but, you know, just yeah. my hands were a little bit um, heavier. It wasn't like just like mm -hmm. little fingertips. Like I was putting all, all right. of my energy into my movement. So I think that's something that definitely just, it comes with time. Yeah, no, definitely. No, thank you because you've been such a um, huge factor in this like this dream, this dream of mine, this journey I'm on. And I want to thank you because it's so inspiring to see how you educate others and how you're constantly seeking more education even after you graduated. And that just push, pushes me to do the same. And I just want to thank you for that because you're definitely the first um, 
I would say like skincare influencer that I started watching because there definitely wasn't a lot of estheticians on YouTube. So when I found you, I was like, yes. And it was so amazing when I like, I reached out to you for the first time a year ago now when I was dealing with um, acne and I'm just so grateful oh for gosh. for getting to know you guys, even if it's through social yes, media. Yes, we are so grateful to to you as well, and you are like clearly such a, a special person, Leilani. And um, I know, again, all of your clients are going to absolutely fall in love with you. They're going to be obsessed with you. They will be so excited to book with you again. And thank you so much for being, you know so supportive to me from the very beginning it means just as much to me um so thank you so so much and thank you for coming on the show no no problem anytime um thank you for considering me for thinking of me i truly appreciate from the bottom of my heart thank you you're so sweet thank you so much i will be emailing you with um some of this information so that you can think about it and hopefully apply it to um your aesthetics training Thank you so much. I'll definitely keep a look out on my emails. Okay. I will keep awesome. an eye out. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you have a great day, Leilani. And best of luck to you, okay? Thank you so much. You too, Tess. Have a wonderful evening Thank or you. day. Right, bye. Bye. Oh, my goodness. This was probably one of the most meaningful episodes I've ever done. I mean, it's one thing to talk to you on social media, but I think it's another thing to actually hear your voices and hear the passion and emotion in your voices and actually hear where you are at in your aesthetics journeys. And it is an honor to play even a small role in your development. So I think this episode just reminded me how lucky I am and how lucky I am to have attracted such beautiful, beautiful people. I think this industry really attracts some very empathetic, caring, sweet people. So I'm so blessed to have you. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world. If you enjoyed this episode or this podcast, please, please take a moment and leave me a little review on iTunes. It lets other estheticians know that I'm a trusted and helpful source for their educational listening material. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to share this episode with you. I love you so much and I will talk to you in the next episode.